Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the special trade deadline wrap up edition of the Locked On Flyers podcast. Russ, if you could describe the Flyers deadline moves in one word, what would it be? Unfulfilling. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. As you might guess on today's show, we're just going to talk about the trade deadline. Uh, What did the Flyers do today? and what happened around the league. There's lots to talk about there. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Before we get into the Flyers moves, this episode is also serving as our Tuesday show. So we will be back again on Wednesday when we'll talk about the game against Detroit and the Phantoms. So stay tuned for that. Russ, unfulfilling is a great word that you used to describe the trade deadline moves. I think that expectations were low, but enough so in terms of them moving more of their UFAs than they did. And we are talking about just the moves made today, Monday on the trade deadline day, not the Giroux trade as part of this discussion. What we did get is a trade of Justin Braun to the New York Rangers for their 2023 third round pick and a trade of Derek Brassard to the Edmonton Oilers for their 2023 fourth round pick, Flyers retaining 50% of his salary, which is not very much, so it's not a big deal. But yeah, kind of underwhelming. It was. Um, the Braun, look, the Braun thing, you know, we talked about the Rangers, Fine. I felt like with all the scouting and everything that was going on. And and third round, I, I'm not sure they could get much more for, for Justin Braun and and for Broussard, hey, I mean, you know, getting something was fine. The the things that sort of rub you the wrong way are the answer for Martin Jones, which was not acceptable. Not even probably asking Keith Yandel if he could go somewhere or be willing to do that or anything. The fact that he's just still on the roster blocking a spot from youngsters playing so he could keep this streak going is unacceptable. And just, you know, even if it was trading somebody else on the roster or burying JVR or something is unacceptable. There are a lot of things that didn't happen for this team. And I would would not have imagined after the entire trading deadline, including the Giroux trade, that they would only have one actual player to show for it. So let's go back and talk about the Martin Jones question because uh, Chuck Fletcher had a press conference after the deadline was over, much delayed because the queue was massively long at the Which, end of the Which, by the, the way, I, I tweeted, 
How about creating an NHL app for the GMs and let them record the trades on the app and let that go to the home office? Yeah. Let all their rosters be on there. That's a bad idea, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, as far as Martin Jones goes, he Chuck Fletcher was asked specifically about that, and he gave two answers on it. Uh, and the first was that he, you know, they had conversations about it, but there wasn't a deal that made sense for them. And he said that there was some concern about the goalie situation because of the track record of injuries to Phantoms goaltenders this year, including Sandstrom. Ustamenko is injured um, right now. Urson is out for the season. And, you know, we have Nagel down in Reading right now, but that it, there was a concern for goaltender availability for the remainder of the season. And, I personally, I understand the explanation, but I still don't buy it because you can always, always, always get a minor league goaltender on a PTO. Of course. And if you, you want to always do that. It, so I yeah. don't buy that excuse at all. And to get literally anything in return for Martin Jones would be better than this situation. Yeah, no question. And, and again, if your intention is because you want Sandstrom to, you know, finish out the season with Lehigh, whatever, fine, then put Pat Nagel up with the with the Flyers and get whoever for Reading. It doesn't matter. Like, it, none of this matters. They could have traded Martin Jones a month ago to somebody else who really needed a goalie. They waited for this, and then they said, ah, yeah, yeah. now we're not going to trade him. To give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here, the goalie market wasn't very strong at all. And even a team like the Leafs that you thought might pick up a goaltender because they got hosed in waivers, which was hilarious and awesome. It was. It was. But, um, you know, they didn't pick up anybody. So I think that he's probably telling the truth when there was like nothing worth talking about in terms of a deal. But I bet they could have figured it out. Yes. Even if it... Again, I'll retain 50% of Martin Jones. Give me a sixth-round pick. Mm -hmm. Fine. Deal. A sixth-round mm -hmm. pick is better than no pick. Yeah, 100% agree on that. And he was also asked specifically about putting Jerry Mayhew on waivers mm -hmm. versus some of the other guys, which was a very good question. And I apologize. I, I don't know who asked it uh, in the presser, but... Chuck Fletcher actually had a pretty decent answer for it, that the right side for the Flyers is stacked between, you know, current players and the prospects that they want to start moving up and getting playing time. And that, you know, if they put somebody else on waivers instead, there would be less room to move some of those guys up. And he wanted to give Jerry Mayhew a chance to play NHL minutes, and he should be able to do that with the Ducks. So, OK, that makes sense. I'll buy that. Although Jerry Mayhew has played left wing, but okay, whatever. You know, as far as the Broussard deal, I think that that was fine. A fourth rounder is great. Yeah, you can't expect more, yeah. And uh, the, the rest of Chuck Fletcher's presser, I think, <laughs> yielded a couple of little tidbits. Uh, but I think the most important question that was asked in terms was what they want from the team for the rest of the season. So he talked about 
uh, being impressed with the effort against the Islanders. He wants to see energy and hard work. The younger guys proving themselves. All these things we've talked about, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The younger guys gaining experience. And Mm -hmm. so that was good to hear directly from him, even though it was kind of like we knew that, but it was good to hear it. Yeah. I mean, but again, notice nobody even asks about Keith Yandel. In a normal NHL environment, you would ask about why you gave a guy a no-move why the guy wouldn't move, why is the guy still playing? Like, you would ask that, but everybody's given up on it. Well, they didn't give up on the Ryan Ellis question, which I'm sure you were thrilled (laughs) about. (laughs) So we got official word that Ryan Ellis is out for the season. Are you happy now, Russ? (laughs) Yeah, I am, because again, it's like, I'm not happy. I like Ryan Ellis. I'm happy to, to have this be concluded Especially since when I snooped around, I was told they know what it is. So, like, if you know what it is, and now all you're doing is deciding on what to do about it, get it done. Because I know it's easy to say, well, he'll be ready for next year. You don't know that. How do you know that? Things happen all the time. Complications with surgery, complications with rehab. You should never say that. I know that's the expectation. Yeah, I don't think he said it as a definite he said that that's what the expectation was based okay. on the information that he currently had i don't think he was definitive okay about fine it. fine but again get to it i mean there's no reason to hold off any longer like they knew he wasn't playing weeks and weeks ago how long is it taking for a decision on this do you agree it's taking a little too long maybe they're asking too I many people i will never question medical decisions when when i don't have the the information that's the next level here evaluate it i'm telling you that's the next level here because um there have been some issues with guys recurring injuries and you know we haven't gone too deep into it and i'm not gonna yet but you know there could be a day for that but it's not today so as far as Uh, looking at what the Flyers will be for the rest of the season. I think that um, it's it's pretty clear who's going to be in the lineup, except for uh, we're missing a center at the moment, uh, mostly because Scott Lawton is injured and won't be back for a couple of weeks. And so uh, Chuck Fletcher mentioned Nate Thompson coming back soon as well. And he, so he'll be an option for center. And then I think Tanner Lazinski is your next option as a call up, even if it's a, you know, a temporary fix until one of the other guys is back. Lazinski should have been there already. The fact that well, he was hurt and getting back into. No, it. I know, so I but he could ready now. I think he could have been there a week ago when, you know, Mike Yo decided to say that Morgan Frost just kind of has to play center right now. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, he didn't have to do that. Well, we'll see what happens on that front. We do have uh, a game to to play against the <laughs> Red Wings Tuesday night, another one against the Blues on Thursday. So, yeah, we'll see who's at center for those games. Should be fun. But we're going to continue to talk about trade deadline and start talking about some of the action from around the league as well right after we talk about bet online it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from the latest odds 
contests and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Russ, before we get back into it, I just want to say I think the biggest winner of trade deadline was Kevin Weeks. I mean, has yeah. to have been, right? With all yeah, the breaking news from various locations, whether it was the barbershop or... Um, he did one from in bed. He did yeah. one, you know, in various spots in the studio. I think my favorite one was uh, breaking news with a trash can over his head. Um, <laughs> the NHL put together a compilation of some of those. And uh, we'll put that in the show notes for you. But if you didn't see it, it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's great. Kind of a, a weird transition here, but um, we've started to see some of the removal of Claude Giroux from Flyers branding, and it is so depressing. I'm laughing about it, but it why do it now? It's why? so weird. It's so weird. There's no reason to do it. Like why? Just leave it up. Just leave, leave it. it yes, yeah, leave it alone. Who cares? It's not like he's not a significant factor in your history. He is. So just leave it. Yeah, so they've been removing some of the branding signage in Voorhees at the practice facility. And so taking down like one giant banner, like the whole thing, fine, do that. Um, Olivia Reiner from the Inquirer has some great Mm -hmm. pictures of this, and we'll link to this in the show notes as well. But there's a sectioned off banner that's in the lobby entrance when you first come in to the rink in Voorhees. And so there's like a different player on each panel. And so they pulled out the one that's Claude Giroux. And so, like, the word Philadelphia is missing some letters. It just looks oh, so dumb. What are they doing? It looks, I don't know. It's just so Why don't you dumb. just turn it, you know, like, flip it so it's just, like, white or something and just, like, draw in a question mark? Like, why don't you just do that? Yeah. Um, they did have also, though, um, the Pico building has a thank you to Claude Giroux up that's on nice. the lights there, which is really nice. So that's always good to see. Uh, Giroux had his introductory press conference in Florida, um, said he was happy to be there, and he's excited to play with Barkov specifically. And so it was very weird to see him. Like, red is not his color, I'm going to say. <laughs> but No, it's a lot of red. It's um, not his fault. No, no. But, you know, it seems like he's in a good mood. And so more power to him. Yeah. The only thing is, is that I'm seeing these tweets like, hey, this is only going to be for a short time. I, you know, I hope people all refer to the salary cap before they think Claude Drew is just going to come here and sign like, you know, a I one-year do not deal think for- there are many people that think he's coming back. Okay. I, I think most people understand okay. that he is not coming back. Yeah, because I wouldn't expect them to take like a $2 million no. deal. No. No. So we talked about uh, the waiver situation with Toronto earlier, and uh, but we didn't say the specifics of it. 
So Hari Sateri, who was the goaltender for Team Finland that won the gold medal in Beijing, was signed by Toronto, but has to go through waivers. And Arizona claimed him off the waivers. And I just love that so much. He's not a bad goalie. And I just do think that teams just at times want to thwart the Leafs. There's no question about that. Absolutely. Another significant pickup off waivers would uh, Brad Richardson to Vancouver, which was a little odd. But so overall, of the contenders who were buyers, who do you think helped themselves the most for a playoff run this year? Well, I'm going to go Minnesota. I mean, I picked them preseason to, to come out of the West. And, you know, I thought their goaltending might be good enough. I also knew that they might have to pick up somebody. I was on the fence for a lot of the year. Then about a week or two ago, I was like, yeah, I could see them getting Flurry or someone because of Garen. And also because Kakanen hadn't really done anything with the starts he had. So I knew something was going to happen. They did it. And they have a terrific team. And Jacob Middleton's also a really good ad. Like I, I spoke to three people in the Sharks organization this year about him. Um, because he's really had such a good year and he's blossomed for them. So this is this is really good for them. Um, I think the Avalanche did okay, although I'm sure Flyers fans winced when they saw the Baron and the second rounder that yeah. they thought would have been in the Giroux deal for them. Um, that's absolutely what that was. Uh, so yeah. They were holding on to it for something. They were. Um, you know, so that's that. Um, uh, Andrew Kopp was a great pickup. For the Rangers, Braun too. Obviously, we you know we talked about that for weeks. I felt like that was going to happen. But in so we're just talking about the best teams, though. Like who helped themselves the most? You said Minnesota. I think Minnesota, the Rangers, because the Rangers got two big pieces that they were looking yeah. for, and I'll say actually, I I think um, the Penguins too. Even though they gave up a lot, they really did add something big. Yeah, that's where I think, you know, for me, the Rangers and the Pens did a really good job and helped themselves the most in a playoff run for this year. I think you could look at other teams' individual deals and say, yeah, that was a good deal. But in terms of solving exact problems that they had moving into a playoff run, I think, you know, the Rangers especially with getting Braun, they needed a depth defenseman desperately. Yeah. They got Tyler Mott, who fills a fourth line center role perfectly, which is something they absolutely needed. And then mm-hmm. getting Andrew Kopp as the, a really good middle six guy that has positional flexibility. I think that's exactly what the Rangers needed. And they got good guys to fill those roles. Yeah, no question. They gave up a lot, but they got a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're going for it this year, I think that's the most important thing, right? It doesn't matter as much. No, it doesn't. What you're giving up. And I think that's especially true for Minnesota because this is like their last year to really go for it because they're in cap hell starting next year because contracts. Yeah. That they're going to have uh, 15% of their cap is dead for the next couple of years. Although Kent Hughes said that, you know, a team or two were trying to trade for Shea Weber's debt, you know, um, get out of mm-hmm. cap hell coupon and you know Minnesota is going to be first in line for that at the draft. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. I think, you know, in terms of who didn't take a step forward enough to help them this year, I would say Edmonton. 
is one of those teams. I don't know if they were seriously going to make a run, but the fact that they acquired guys, I mean, Brent Kulak is fine and getting Broussard is fine, but that's not a we're going to win this year kind of trade deadline. No. And, and just because I didn't say Florida, I hope people realize like Florida did all their good stuff before Before the thing was, yeah, it was massive. That's the only reason I didn't, um, you know, I didn't, I mean, the Flames, I'm just kind of weird on anyhow. I'm not in love with the Flames, so I don't think they did particularly great. Toffoli was good for them. I want to see what he does Mm -hmm. in the playoffs for them, though. Yeah, and I think, you know, for the Leafs, the Mark Giordano deal was a good one for them. And they were, I think, you know, at least on the offensive side, good enough to begin with. Yes. You know, their defense, I think, even with Giordano, is still questionable. It is. I think that they are in a decent position to go into the playoffs. But again, they decided to stay put with their goalies, and that's a bit of a risk. You know, the problem is, if if you're a Leafs fan listening to this, you probably should be listening to something else anyhow. But if you are, I'm going to tell you, do you think you could beat Florida or Tampa or Boston? That's their problem. That's a really good question. Um, I also thought that Carolina's decision to kind of mostly stay put, they did pick up Max Domi, which is, I don't know what that was about, honestly. Me neither. I don't know either. That was a waste. Um, they extended Kakaniami fine. That was that. smart. That was smart yeah. because he's still only 21, and all 11 goals so far are, are at an even strength. He doesn't get any power play time. Yeah, so it's an eight-year deal for $4.82 million per year. So that's a good cap hit honestly yes. for a guy like him so i don't yep. have a problem with the deal it was just that i guess they just think they're set and they don't need to do anything heading into the playoffs which to me is a, a question mark it is no and, and you make a good point like i think don waddell has done a good job this year as far as filling his gaps especially after losing hamilton but this is a problem with carolina every year they always feel like like we're good this is the team we're gonna win with this team and then when they don't win they're like what went wrong and it's just like and maybe it's partly brenda moore's fault too because he gets everybody ridiculously pumped up and and i think he gets the most out of his players but i don't feel like they still have all the right pieces again i don't love freddie anderson in the playoffs that's where it starts but i still don't feel like their defense um will be good enough for a long playoff run and at times they don't score enough so they have little things that could go wrong at different times. And that's why I think there are better teams than them out there. They're a solid team. And if they made it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked. I just don't think they're going to make it. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on around the league as far as trade deadline goes coming up next. But first, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. They're choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket instead. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer from expert mechanics to beginner do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whatever you need for your car, you'll be able to find it and get your car in shape. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. 
All right, Russ. So we were just talking about Carolina and how they really didn't make any moves that will kind of put them over the line in terms of being the top, top contenders in the league for the playoffs. Was there anybody else that didn't make moves that surprised you? The Islanders? Like, not only did they not do anything, they extended guys that I never would have extended. I really, Mm -hmm. I I get it. They're just doubling down on their whole situation, just saying, this is just a bad year. We'll be right back in it next year. But I don't see it. Guys are getting older. The guys they signed, you just signed Zach Parisi for another year. He's going to, he's 37. You signed Cal Clutterbuck for another two years. Like, I get that these are guys that Barry Trotz likes, and this is like, we're going to just, it's us against the world mentality. But you still have to have a lot of talent for that. And their their talent's dwindling. So I I don't understand that. Um, the Travis Hamanick thing was kind of weird. With him going to Ottawa, I get mm-hmm. that he has a year left. But, like, forever we kept hearing, hey, he's only going to play in, like, the west part of Canada. Maybe something changed there. But then... Like, why are you going to, to Ottawa? You're not going to win anything there. Like, that whole thing didn't make sense. I guess it's a salary thing, too. But that was kind of weird. Uh, one team that we didn't talk about who are contenders-ish are the Bruins. And mm-hmm. they were involved in one of the bigger deals, getting Hampus Lindholm from the mm-hmm. Ducks. There was a really good return for the Ducks, I thought, in oh, yeah. that deal with um, a first rounder, two second rounders, and a player got sent to the Ducks. It was uh, John Moore. And then they re-signed Lindholm for an eight-year deal, which I think is kind of bonkers. The The cap hit is mostly okay at 6.5. That's why they did it. Right. But I think a four-year deal was more appropriate for a guy like Lindholm. Yes, but then they would have had to pay more on the AAV. And Lord knows Jeremy Mm -hmm. Jacobs does not want to pay more on the AAV because then he has to tell all the other Bruins that are taking less money that, well, we gave more money to this guy. All that's going to blow apart soon anyhow. Like that whole thing with Boston and everybody taking less, it's all getting ready to go, go south. But for this year, it's still intact. And one thing that did not happen with the Bruins that had been thought about, it feels like for months and months now, it's Jake DeBrusque is still a Boston Bruin after all of that. And they gave him another contract as well. They made him more tradable. Now, the problem with Jake DeBrusque is like I, I was working serious when the draft happened and myself and Shane Malloy, who's on this show, we were shocked at the three picks that that the Bruins made and and basically said, hey, DeBrusque is pretty good. Like, he's a pretty good player, maybe a 20-goal scorer in the league. And he's done a little better than that some years. Then we had all three Bruins there, like, interviewing at one time. So we got on, like, Bruins TV. But, like, you know, we were nice to the guys, but we knew this wasn't a great moment. This seems like the Bruins are still holding on to the fact that they think DeBrusque is better than the guy he is. So they don't value him the way they should and just realize this is what he is. So they're giving him this money to kind of justify that draft, but they're going to trade him based on the salary that they have him at. Like the minute they get to trade him, they're going to trade him. And I, you know, I like Jake DeBrusque and I think he's fine. They just felt like he's probably like this 30 goal guy and he's never going to be that. And so, you know, they just made him more tradable. It's like an NBA thing to do. 
Well, in addition to Jake DeBrusque, uh, some guys that were thought of as maybe getting traded that did not, uh, Phil Kessel, Jacob Chikrin, James Reimer, because uh, we talked about you know the lack of a goalie yeah, market a little yeah. bit. Um, there was some talk about PK Subban, so but not huge surprises that they didn't get moved, but you know big names that didn't get moved. Right, no, not huge surprises. I mean, again, you know Phil Kessel seven goals, like that's it, and he had four, mm-hmm. and he had twenty last year. Like his numbers are dropping, dropping. And quickly. he also has the specter of an Iron Man streak. <laughs> I know. Listen, don't get me started. You're le- legitimately now trying to prompt me to I rip am. the it's Iron true. Man streak. You are. It's I'm true. not I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> All right. Well, that was basically the trade deadline day. Again, not a ton going on for the Flyers except for those two moves, but you know, as we finish the season out, there will be a lot to talk about again because some of the younger guys and prospects and potential college signees will get some ice time and we are very much looking forward to talking about all of that. We will be doing that over the next couple of months for sure and We will be back on Wednesday, like I said, to recap the game against Detroit. We're going to talk about the Phantoms, and then we've got the Men's Frozen Four to talk about on Thursday. So lots of great content coming your way on Locked On Flyers. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Locked On Flyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.